Hello and welcome to the Glossy Podcast, our weekly show where we discuss what's changing in fashion and luxury with the people making that change happen. My name is Shereen Patek and I'm the managing editor at Glossy. Today's guest, Kathleen Wright, founder of Peace & Co., the textiles company that provides sustainably made fabrics to some of the world's biggest brands. Welcome to the show, Kathleen. Hello. Hello. You sound very energetic today, which I love. Very excited to be here. We're very excited to have you. So let's talk about, I mean, you're now working with some of, I mean, the world's biggest fashion brands, right? You've got, you weren't always, you weren't always working them. What was it like kind of trying to break into this industry, especially with the mission that you had, which is, hey, you need to do better with the fabrics that you have and then the sustainability piece of that? Yeah, that's a great question and one that gives me a lot of um, horrifying flashbacks to four years ago when I was trying to do just that. But I really came into this business with the idea that in order to truly make an impact on women around the world and to truly make an impact um, on the environment, the change really needed to happen from the perspective of the fashion brand first. And so even though I had spent time on the ground in the developing world and I had worked directly with artisan cooperatives for about three years prior to that, I felt really strongly that we needed to build a business that would serve fashion brands first and foremost mm-hmm. and that would make it really easy for them to bring more sustainability and more positive impact into their supply chain. And so, you know, starting off with this hypothesis that it starts with the fashion brands and no matter how hard it's going to be, we have to break into that world first before we can make real change at least gave me uh, some fuel to to start with. I, I had a really strong belief that that was what we needed to do. So it started with a lot of, you know, doors closing in my face, unanswered phone calls, unanswered emails, um, you know, just a lot of experimentation as a direct salesperson. So um, I went in with the attitude that every no I got would get me one step closer to a yes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is truly an industry made up of a lot of amazing people. And one way or another, I started connecting with those people who would connect me to other amazing people and slowly but surely I'd say over the course of two years I got enough yeses to really understand how we needed to build the business um, and how to start breaking into bigger and more impactful brands. So it's interesting that you say that you because the idea that you were trying to tell these people when you were getting these no's I mean it was hey you need to you need to listen to me because I'm ultimately talking about something that's going to be really important Mm -hmm. in the next few years Mm -hmm. and I'd say sustainability now has reached that point where it's fashionable to talk about it. It's very cool. It wasn't like that four years ago. Um, And there were horrible incidents like the factory collapses and the terrible and the news everybody was getting about where these clothes were being made and who they were being made by and how those people weren't getting paid for those things. I mean, a lot changed in four years. Um, Is it easier now for you to tell these people that, hey, you need to listen to the fact that I have these fabrics and you should be sourcing them from places that are ethical a hundred percent and I feel like I have had a front row seat to real change happening in the fashion industry you know over the course of four years it's gone from people's eyes glazing over when they hear me talk about where our fabrics come from and why they're more sustainable and why they're having a positive impact to you know flash forward four years and people care and they're listening and their you know ears are perked up when we're talking because um there's enough there's sort of enough power on that side of the table that they want to be participatory in that conversation. And I always say that it's nothing against brands that that weren't listening four years ago. These are businesses that have an incredible amount of pressure on them, that have really high 
really intense deliverables that they need to meet every quarter. And so it's it's a credit to consumers. It's a credit to a change in consciousness that this is happening. And it's not to discredit that it wasn't happening as much four years ago. So when, I mean, you know, there's all these stats, right? Like after oil, fashion is the most polluting right. industry in the world. And it's, it's very disturbing. What is... How does your how do you work with these big brands and what what do you sense that from their end are the biggest challenges to sort of this journey towards sustainability? Yeah, and we all want to feel not dirty at the end of the day because of the industry that we work in because the truth is there's so much beauty in the fashion industry and at the heart of it it's about art and it's about empowering people and so the fact that it's kind of gone from one extreme to the other, I think is very disheartening to the people inside of the industry that are super passionate about the product that they make. And when so, you say one extreme to the other, it's like it's gone from this, you know, this beautiful thing to right. something, oh my God, look at this polluting industry. Exactly, that we just the get true rid of. art form to the, the you know, the, the thing that people talk about with disdain because of its impact on people and planet, basically. Sure. And so... I think that that's why we're getting more traction now is because the industry is really made up of people that love what they do but don't want to do harm. And so we provide them with a solution that makes it really easy to source something that's having a positive impact. And so that sort of seamlessly works in into their process. But what's happening inside inside those bigger brands? Because like you said, there's lots of other pressures on them. Mm-hmm. There's pressures of e-commerce or there's pressures of social media. I mean, the fashion industry is going through a big change and not just with sustainability. What are, I mean, what's happening inside these companies um, that either makes this progress slower than we would expect? Because there's no doubt that in, in many cases, it has been very slow. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that's happened that's been really amazing over the last four years is that brands are less scared to do a little something good. So where four years ago, they didn't want to do anything positive or sustainable and put it out there because they felt like that would call into question every product that they were making or everything that they were doing across the board. And I feel that consumers are supportive of brands that are trying new things. They're supportive. They're more supportive of brands that are saying, hey, we're not doing everything right, but here's an initiative that we're doing that we're really excited about. And so I think consumers are driving that trend to we're not asking you to be perfect we're just asking you to make positive changes one step at a time you know we're not expecting you to change your whole business overnight but show us that you care mm-hmm. are, are we really not though like what do you sort of hear from the c- consumer side because I think the biggest criticism that anybody with fashion that's watching this has is that too many times it's not even a small step it's just a cosmetic step right we don't, I mean, so we tend to attract consumers that are really excited about the fa- about fashion in general and love that there's this plus one impact connecting with the women around the world um, added on to that. So we don't tend to like see a lot of zealots that are like all or nothing. We see a lot of women, honestly, who want to support other women, both in fashion and around the world that are making the clothes. It's very exciting. Mm-hmm. We, um, we were talking about this because there's this idea that a lot of what we say sustainability, a lot of the issues come down to the boring topics, the supply chain, super sexy supply chain, we call uh, it. Yes, it's, <laughs> I mean, you're I talk about eyes glazing over, right? It's <laughs> right, like, yes. I'm going to make you now talk for the next 20 minutes about supply chain, <laughs> by the way. And everyone's turning it off. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. But I do want to talk about supply chain because yeah. people throw that term around. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, well, just fix your supply chain processes. Just right. fix your manufacturing. And, and fix, yeah, and fix all the logistics operations. Logistics. And we'll be on our way right. to 
you know, a sustainable future when it comes to these clothes and where they're made, where how they come here and how they even get here. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times it's just stuff to do with water because denim takes a lot of water to make. What exactly is going on? What is like, how would you describe the state of the industry right now when it comes to all of these things that need to be fixed? Where mm-hmm. are we? So really interesting question. I'm going to try to answer it and not get too boring and, and nerdy. On everyone, I think most people who listen to this probably are really, really nerdy fashion people. (laughs) This is, I'm imagining them that way. I think, again, um, speaking to trends, four years ago, you saw a lot of full brands that were popping up that were um, putting themselves out there as sustainable brands. And so um, people thought about sustainability in terms of brands. And now I think there has been a shift and people understand. So we're talking about like like the Toms We're talking the about world? the Toms, okay. the Everlanes. Um, yeah. I'm, Whose entire sort of brand itself was that they were sustainable. Yeah, that's their whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I think people now are understanding, okay, so what do we do if we can't redo our entire brand? You know, you are... J. Crew, you're Tory Burch. You're you. You can't now rebrand yourself as a sustainable brand. What you can do is show how you're making positive change within your supply chain to become more sustainable and have a positive impact. And I think that that you know, there's customers that love those brands and don't want those brands to change, but also welcome those tweaks and those changes that they're making within their supply chain. So I think supply chain is getting a little sexier because it is a tool that these brands can use to start walking towards sustainability and positive impact without having to completely change the way that they do business or completely rebrand themselves. I mean, Diane von Furstenberg, we don't want her to rebrand herself. She's an amazing brand that stands for empowering women. Mm-hmm. You know, she's, you know, we don't want her to change and become the sustainable brand. But seeing the positive impact that they have in their supply chain is something that's really exciting. So what has what has some someone like DVF done when you say like they've made changes? Oh, like for instance, when we work with them, sourcing materials from women artisans around the globe and incorporating that into their seasonal collection, I think is super exciting. Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, 60 to 80 percent of a product's negative impact comes in the materials. And so if you can take that negative impact and turn it into a positive impact, it says a lot for the overall product and what the impact that it's having. Mm-hmm. What does um, and I think then I think the other side of the coin is that it's those things are actually much harder to do. I mean, yes, there's ways around it. But just the fact that you have to go and then source fabrics and Sometimes the easier part is just like what we're what everyone's doing, which is like eco marketing. There's a lot of green mm-hmm. marketing. You you know, I am a green brand, or I'm trying to be more of a green brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll set up you know a box in my store where you throw your old jeans in, which is which is happening. And there's no doubt that that's better than nothing, right? But but as the case with most big companies, it's it's actually nothing, right? It's actually not better than nothing, right. is what we're saying. <laughs> no, yes, I I agree. I totally agree. What, what is the sort of what is the big tension there? Because I think there's the marketing tension that I want to try and unpack um, because supply chain, se- my, sexy as it may be, it's not yeah. it's not really easy to do. I think the tension from our perspective, what I see in these big brands is that a lot of times marketing is in a silo and so and operations is in a silo and design is in a silo. And so um, the right hand doesn't necessarily know what the left hand is doing and so Mm -hmm. when a brand is sourcing from us and using materials that are actually sourced by artisans or that are more environmentally sustainable they have to actually change their business processes to get that message all the way to marketing when you're truly making a change from the bottom up and Mm so I think that takes a little more time to change the way that you do business internally and make sure that everybody internally knows what's happening 
Um, that's certainly a challenge that we see is, mm-hmm. okay, that's great. You're working with the designer and the product team. Now you have to go find a completely different team and connect with the marketing team, which is actually also just as strapped for resources and time as the product and design team. Because the consumer otherwise is just going to have no idea that you're no doing idea, half of these And things. that's also a problem for us because we, we really want consumers to know when they're buying our products that there's something really special here and that this was handmade by a woman somewhere around the world across an ocean from them. And it's really exciting. Um, and we really want to get that message through to them. What about purely supposedly green initiatives that are actually just pure marketing and nothing else? What about them? I mean, I think, uh, again, I think we're all getting to be savvier consumers. And I think that part of what drove this trend of brands don't tell us that you're everything. We actually don't want to hear that you're a completely socially conscious brand overnight because we know that that that's not true. We want honesty and we want authenticity in the brands that we love. So I think that the shift towards authenticity is going to sort of over time really squash the trend that was greenwashing. That's my opinion, though. Well, that's fine. That's why, <laughs> that's why you're here. Um, and then I think that there's also then, I mean, is it possible for fast fashion, which, you know, you'd argue is sort of the biggest culprit in a lot of this. I mean, mm-hmm. the H&Ms and Zars of the world and sort of the eco-conscious moves that they're making. I mean, can those two things even be reconciled? I know it's like walking into an H&M and going to the conscious section and then going back to the other section and you're yeah. like, oh, now, you know, I went, it's, it's very stark. It's like you go from the conscious section and now what? Now I'll go back to polluting the world the totally. way I used to. I mean, is it, it's really hard to reconcile those, just, just those two identities that they have, right? For me, it's very hard and I'm, I'm not sure I'll be ever, would ever be able to. I think fast fashion, we all agree, is a, is a huge problem for the environment and nothing that I would like to support personally, not to come off to... Um, intense. So I can't reconcile them at this time. Can mm-hmm. you? No, I can't because it's, e- well, it's either then I have to, then I guess as a consumer, you start reconciling and saying, okay, fine. Then I don't want to be a sustainable consumer. I mean, right. then it has to really come down to totally. because I can't move from the basement, which is conscious clothing to the first floor, which is, is I guess, unconscious clothing. It's then. like you can never unknow. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <you> <laughs> What what sort of what lies ahead for those people, in your opinion? I don't know. I mean, you can only hope that I was just saying this to a friend of mine. Wouldn't it be a dream if one of those brands stood up and said, we are going to do one less delivery a year this year, even though we know it's going to kill our profit. We just know that we're putting too many clothes out there. We know that we're doing something really bad for the environment. Like, wouldn't that just be an amazing stand for one of those brands to take? And you know, the conversation within those brands of a race to the bottom, in my opinion, is very real. And once they hit the bottom, then, you know, well, I don't think there's any getting back to the top. Well, so there really isn't, because I think then the argument is that sustainability in, th- in that space can't coexist with profit. Well, I mean, I think you certainly can be a profitable brand. I think you can't Fast fashion and profitability and sustainability, those three things, probably no. It's probably never going to happen. No. Um, It's a cheery note. I know. Let's let's talk about something else. Um, I want to talk a little bit about what you said earlier about marketing being in this like silo. Um, Mm -hmm. It's it's a common theme. It's something that we often write about. It's something a lot of our guests often talk about. Um, Market has often been shunted off to the side inside, especially high fashion brands. Um, Mm -hmm. Why has that happened? Where does that come from? Marketing? 
I mean, listen, I think I can talk about our own personal experiences sure. with marketing and I can talk I'd about hearing, I, and I can talk about the difficulties with trying to break into those groups at brands. Um, I don't have a ton of experience inside of them. Go ahead. I mean, for, for us, marketing is, is something that we did not focus on early on. In fact, when I first launched the business, I thought no one would ever know our name. We would just be this white label, behind the scenes provider of sustainable fabrics that are having an impact to brands. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of like my dream. And I really quickly realized that if we if we ran the business like that, we would be missing out on a big value add for ourselves, but also for our brand partners. So we can tell a bigger, deeper story about our impact than they can. And so if consumers can buy something and they know it's a Peace & Co product, and then they can go to our site and really understand the impact of that product, it was going to be a win-win. So... Um, but that being said, marketing has definitely taken a backseat for us over the last four years after product and after really trying to understand what was it going to take to get into a luxury brand? What was it going to take to get a contemporary brand buying from us or seeing us every season? And so now I think we are just launching a stage of our business where marketing is becoming a very Mm -hmm. real function for the first time. And Mm -hmm. so it's exciting. I think we know who we are. You know, we know who we want to be. Like we've answered a lot of those existential questions that any business needs to answer. Um, and we have product. So it's an exciting time. But um, I think just like there's a lot of product out there, there's so much noise out there in the fashion industry around marketing. So it's it's also going to be a challenging function for us. What about working with marketing groups inside the brands that you already work with? Mm-hmm. Um, is that, I mean, is that something that you see just by the fact that I mean, these brands are your clients? I mean, is yep. that something that is very noticeable and obvious? Because I think that there's this like, again, this tension between like the creative and yeah. the marketing inside brands. And it doesn't happen yeah. in industries outside of fashion. It's though. so weird. It's like, you know, we go into a design meeting where they're looking at our fabrics and it starts with, well, who are you? And like, you know, why do I want to hear about you? Once we sell that team, if we connect with the marketing team, it still starts like off like, who are you and why do I want to know who you are? And I think, you know, part of it is because maybe they're sourcing a very small percent of part of their collection from us. And so marketing needs to focus their dollars and their time on the larger part of the collections. But I think, you know, to get a little bit more of an open dialogue going between those two groups would be awesome for us, for sure. You know, we we want to kind of merge those two together. Right. And it would solve for that previous problem of, well, if you are starting to become, you know, all the good things like more sustainable, mm-hmm. then if your consumer doesn't know about it, you know. Right. Yeah. And the, then, the tree fell in the far, forest ex- and the consumer didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you bother? Exactly. Um, also, the, one interesting trend, there have been a lot of new sort of strategies to get around the sustainability thing. I know that you worked on sort of a capsule collection. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was an interesting way to sort of, you can be sustainable, but maybe you do it in bits and pieces. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to, you can't, you know, because a whole brand can't turn around, like you said, and just become sustainable in a right. day. Um, what are you finding in terms of sort of new technologies like 3D printing that say they, you know, they might be the ones to solve it because they'll 3D print fabrics only when they're needed and so on. I mean, do you think that there is, there's actually hope for new technologies to solve the sustainability problem versus it being something as prosaic really is like, well, no, actually you're gonna have to go back and take a look at your fabrics and that's it. Yeah. Well, I think that's, what's exciting right now. There's so many ways to impact the sustainability that you're having as a fashion brand. And we're just one solution out of a lot. And of course we would encourage brands to look at all the solutions and figure out what's right for them or do a mix. And so I think, 
again, this is also the first time that brands, there's more solutions out there for brands. They're not just being criticized by, by consumers and by um, people looking at the industry from the outside in. They also have solutions now, which is a lot easier because they can try different things. And so it's an exciting time. There's, there's so many ways to impact the, you know, sustainability. Can you talk about a few of them? Well, there's us for sure. I think, um, also there's a lot of good, you know, cradle to cradle, good things are going on in the industry where, you know, what happens after, after someone uses an item of clothing. And I think for, for someone, for me, that's really an exciting, that's exciting from an environmental perspective. You know, we started this business really thinking about the social aspect of fashion and its impact. And, more and more, we're moving towards also thinking about the environmental impact of all of our fabrics and, and adding more fabrics that are having a positive in, impact on the environment, certainly adding a lot more organic fabrics to our collection. Um, so those are just a couple of the things. I mean, I certainly deal much more on the, the textile and sourcing side than the technology side. Do you think sort of the, the, the meeting of those two, though, do you think the sort of the rise of smart fabrics um, sort of can contribute to that? Or is, is there still too much of a scale problem there? That, oh, it's a technical fabric that'll, you know, have have all these wires or whatever embedded in it because that's sort of the next wave of the fabric. I'm not there yet. I got to know more about smart fabrics before I can say something smart about them for sure. Um, do you think, you mentioned Everlane and the rise of sort of these direct-to-consumer yep. brands. Mm-hmm. Um, how have they sort of changed the game there? I mean, have they put more pressure on sort of the, the existing big legacy brands to, to, to shape up? 100% more pressure. Competition is a good thing. And when you think about pushing big brands more towards sustainability yeah. for sure. Do you think they run it? They may run into problems of scale because I mean, you know, you've got sort of the handbag manufacturer that says, okay, well I'm going to work directly with the factory in Italy. And so mm-hmm. I can make the handbags for 200 bucks where they used to be 1800. Um, at the end of the day, you sort of start needing the department stores at some level of, of a business. I mean, is that something that, that may affect them? You think? I mean, I think again, this goes back to, Everybody needs to kind of look inside themselves and ask who they really want to be. Do they need to be everywhere? How big should a business be? Um, You know, I don't know. Does it need to be like a $3 billion Mm -hmm. business? Maybe not. Maybe they can have a huge impact and run an incredibly profitable business without expanding every which possible way that they can. And, Mm -hmm. you know, again, I'm very business-led and very profit oriented at our company because sustainability is hugely important to us. But I do think that fashion has certainly experienced issues when all people can think about is growth and expansion and they're not thinking about, again, the authenticity of their brand, who they really want to be, what really matters matters to their customer and, you know, sort of just not pumping out product for the sake of pumping out product. Mm-hmm. How is, um, how have sort of solutions like a capsule collection mm-hmm. helped kind of brands inch their way along it? I mean, for us, our our strategic retail partnerships are really exciting because, you know, for a couple of reasons. One, retailers want to participate in, they want to bring sustainable products to their customers too, you know, just because they're maybe buying the products and not making them from soup to nuts. They Mm -hmm. still want to capture that kind of consumer that's passionate about those products and that really want to vote with their dollars and wear things that reflect their value. So, um giving retailers a way to participate in our mission has been a really exciting evolution of our model. Additionally, with all of the noise that's out there in terms of marketing, having a place 
to tell a bigger story that um, speaks more clearly because it's across different brands and you can just be louder when there's more brands participating is also exciting. So we're definitely looking at expanding that part of our model so that we can continue to tell the stories of the products we make, the impact it's having in a way that is sort of a win-win-win for brands, retailers, and us. Cool. Well, we're almost out of time, but before I let you go, I'm going to ask you uh, for something I ask every guest that okay. comes on here, which is give me an, a an unpopular opinion, something that you believe about fashion, sustainability, your industry that you think most people would probably disagree with. I mean, I think I just said one with when I said, you know, the obsession with growth and expansion at the cost of the planet and its people in the fashion industry is something that needs to stop. And um, I have a feeling that that's not something that a lot of people within the industry would agree with. But I think we need to relook at how we're measuring um, success. Great. Well, on that note, thanks so much, Kathleen, for being on the Glossy Podcast. And thanks to you for listening. We're on iTunes. We're also on Stitcher. So leave us a review if you like what you heard. And we'll be back next week with more. <laughs>